0: Cardano's C fund is backing Cody. We'll tell you what this means for payment solutions running on Cardano. Plus, news out of Catalyst as the voting threshold has been lowered. We'll tell you to what. And Vic with Sparta Stake Pool calls in with recent cybersecurity events you need to know about. That's today on your Cardano Update. Hello everybody, and thanks for tuning in. It's the 6th of April, 2021. I'm James Keever with United Stakes of Cardano, a high pledge competitive fee stake pool that could really use your delegation. We use profits from the pool to produce this newscast. So consider staking with us, United Stakes of Cardano, ticker USA01. Don't forget to like this video and subscribe to the channel. And with all that housekeeping out of the way, it's time for the news. Cardano's venture capital arm C-Fund is funding Cody, a company that builds financial technology infrastructure and payment rails using blockchain. Cody's focus is bringing scalability to blockchain-based payments, which traditionally have been plagued with high fees and network congestion. This partnership between Cardano and Cody opens the door for exploration on ways the two can cooperate and collaborate moving forward in the future and will have profound implications for payment solutions built to use Cardano. And huge news out of Project Catalyst today, the voting threshold for Fund 4 has been lowered to 500 ADA. Anyone with 500 ADA can register to vote in Fund 4. Since Catalyst started, we've seen a steady decline in the voting threshold. Fund 2 had a voting threshold of 8,000 ADA and Fund 3 was 3,000 ADA. 500 ADA for Fund 4 is really lowering the barrier for to participate in Project Catalyst. And again, we're seeing Cardano pushing power to the edges, opening the world's largest decentralized autonomous organization up to even more people. All right. Next, we take a look at cybersecurity issues you should be tracking on to protect your cryptocurrency and your data. Joining us today is Vic. He's our resident cybersecurity expert. He's been in the technology field for 20 years, nine of the last years dealing directly with cybersecurity technology. He's all. He also runs his own stake pool, Sparta stake pool, ticker SPRTA. Vic, it's always great having you on the show.
1: Thanks for having me, James. I appreciate it.
0: So you've got a couple things to share with us today regarding cybersecurity. I'd love to hear all about it.
1: Yeah, I got a few things to talk about. Um, The first one actually came out of Twitter. Um, uh, Ray from GrowPool actually tweeted this out. It it was an unfortunate event where one of the community members actually lost crypto. Um, What ended up happening is that somehow they got infected with a keylogger in the back door. Mm. Ray helped this uh, this person discover this. Um, Unfortunately, you know, they had already lost their crypto. But, you know, we can all learn a lesson from this. You know, using a hardware wallet is a must. I mean, you know, this is a perfect example of where, you know, malware wouldn't, would not have been able to extract that crypto had a hardware wallet been in place. Um, and then, you know, if you, you're you using your daily operating system for crypto, I would advise against that. Either use a virtual machine on top of your, your, your OS or buy a separate machine for crypto, especially if, if you have a large amount of crypto that you're trying to protect. I mean, when, when you're doing self-custody, you have to be paranoid and you have to be willing to go the extra mile to protect that crypto. You know, and kudos to, uh, to Ray for, you know, putting this information out, because we all have to, you know, help each other uh, stay informed and be educated on this this cyber issue, so.
0: Absolutely, and Ray is really good for that. Okay, you've got something else for us next.
1: Yeah, secondly, uh, we've talked about malicious apps on the Android side, and I've even said that, you know, the Apple tends to be a little bit safer. But this is one instance where a malicious app actually made it into the Apple store, and it was uh, disguised as a Trezor um, mobile app. Now, Treasure doesn't have a mobile app. Right. So if you know that you would have known that it was a malicious app from the get go. But a lot of people Mm -hmm. are coming into the space, you know, for the first time. So they may not know that. Uh, So the advice here is to be extra careful. Like if you're downloading an app for your crypto, just make sure that, you know, it is a legit app. Go to the. To the vendor, go to their website. Make sure they they've got a link to a to a mobile app, right? Maybe uh, you know go directly from the vendor's website and, and you know link to that, and, and then download it from there instead of just going to some random link. But you know this is an interesting case because uh, what they say in this article is that the the malicious actor what they did was they submitted an app that was uh that was okay, right? It was wasn't malicious from the onset, so Apple vetted it, said okay, this is a good app. Now, of course, Apple doesn't have a context of, you know, Trezor not having a mobile app, so they wouldn't necessarily know that it's a malicious app because it's a Trezor app. But after the fact, after it was vetted, then the malicious actor modified the code to make it malicious, right? So, so this is interesting in that mm. it kind of shows that perhaps Apple is not doing a continuous vetting of their applications, right? Once you get it in the store, then you have free reigns to change it, and that's what happened here. So... Mm. Um, just want to make sure that people knew this and are aware of this type of you know activity out there.
0: Yeah, you, yeah, you really have to stay on top of things because it just it changes, it evolves, and now you know they're submitting quality apps and then coming back and adjusting the code later. That's uh, it's a scary prospect.
1: Okay, last sc-
0: news out of LastPass. What do you have?
1: Yeah, this is uh, I think unfortunate. Um, LastPass decided to limit their free accounts, um, and the way they're limiting their free accounts is that you can only use LastPass on one type of device, so mobile, desktop, or you know, you know your, your iPad or you know tablet. You can't use it across all different types of devices now, mm-hmm. where you used to be able to do that. They're limiting the account. Um, so of course that's not that's not useful. You have to be able to access your accounts from anywhere, no matter where you're at. You know that's that's kind of basic, basic need. So the recommendation is you know is is to go to a better service, which is Bitwarden. Yep. Bitwarden still has that free tier. It allows you to use it across all different types of platforms. Gives you the same type of access to your you know to your passwords. You know instantly you can generate passwords. You can regenerate passwords when needed. And make sure you cycle through those. So a lot of good features here. Um, and actually, James, I think you said that you've used a service and you prefer to LastPass. Yeah, yeah. So- well,
0: uh, when Charles did a security video, uh, he, he did it featuring LastPass. And um, that's when I you know, really looked into it. And um, I felt like it was clunky. I was always looking for ways to make it work. And then um, Isaac, my business partner, had mentioned Bitwarden. And I tried that, and it just from the onset, it just works. It's it's like the it's, it's like the first Apple phone, right? Or, or comparing yeah. Apple to Android, it's it's uh just it just felt more polished, and and I really like it a lot. And um, I've got my whole family on it, and uh, you know we use it for life. So I agree, this uh, Bitwarden is is great.
1: Yeah, definitely. And they have if you're using LastPass now, and you're affected by this change. Bitwarden does have a simple method for you to extract your your passwords and your usernames from LastPass and import them into Bitwarden, so it should be super easy to uh, to to convert over. Awesome. Um, and that's it. That's all the news for for this segment. Um, you know, as always, thank you for for having me on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, Vic, I mean, it's awesome to to talk to you. This is what you do for a living. So for you to come on every month and kind of give us the rundown of what you think needs to be on our radar, I, I can't thank you enough for that. Uh, And I just want to remind people that uh, if you're looking for maybe the most secure stake pool there ever was, (laughs) Sparta Stake Pool is probably it, ticker S-P-R-T-A. Vic, thanks again for coming on. We'll talk to you again next month. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. Take care. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes today's show. I'm honored and grateful you made it to the end. If you saw something today that you liked or didn't like, I'd love to hear all about it. You can reach us on one of these channels. And if you have a story idea, let me know on one of these channels as well, and we'll do our best to get it in the show. If you haven't already, please like the video and subscribe to our channel and delegate to our stake pool. Our ticker is USA01, United Stakes of Cardano. Just search for that in Daedalus or your Roy. Thanks again for watching, everyone. I'm James Kiever, and that's your Cardano Update.